Also, I really hope that we weren't live when I was still vaguely shouting tongue party lyrics. No. Okay, You're safe. Good. Well, I was doing that during the break because Tongue Party is amazing, and they you are. should listen to them if you ever have hate in your bones. Yes. Listen to, uh, what is it? It's Tongue looking Party. Looking for a Painful Death. Yeah, Looking for a Painful Death. One of my favorite releases of 2018. Uh, I finally listened to it over Christmas, and um, yeah, it slaps. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it is um, really heavy. They're like, a, if you know who Mets are, they're a thrashier Mets. But that was 2018. We're now in 2019, and January is coming to an end. So I thought we could look at some of the releases that came out, because... 2019 come out, already came out as a heavy hitter, I think, as releases, especially locally. Yeah, a lot Did not of, disappoint. Not as many full lengths. No, yet. a lot of EPs um, and singles, but well, yeah, a lot of a lot of EPs, a lot of um, upcoming EPs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then EPs that we're anticipating and hoping for based off of just singles. Yeah, like some of these bands have like released teaser tracks. Um, some bands we just know when their EPs coming out, even though they haven't announced it. It's Ooh. true. We're talking about Coldplay. Yeah. Um, Coldplay. Local band Coldplay. Local band Coldplay. Dude, I love Coldplay. <laughs> Dude, I love Coldplay more. Um, but to kind of start things off, this is, re- this is a review I released last Thursday. Uh, this is the Dirty Junk EP On Your Knees. This is a follow-up to their debut release, uh, Snot, which you can listen to on Spotify. Um, on Your Knees hasn't made it on there yet, but you can buy it on Bandcamp. They are selling limited edition purple cassettes, which I definitely purchased. Uh, it's punk rock. It's you know, and it is. Uh, this record, I would say, is definitely their dynamic, most dynamic release yet. They learned their instruments as they became a band, which is probably the most punk thing you can ever uh, uh, probably do. I always recommend if you're going to be a punk band, don't know how to play your instrument. You just kind of slap your bass until you invent slap bass. Exactly. And everyone else just everyone just plays bass. Mm-hmm. And so four basses. Exactly. And so this is a very dynamic. Their first record was like a we're going to throw everything at you at once. It's going to be a lot of blast beats just because I guess that's how you make the most aggressive sounding drums and we're going to a lot of dissonant chords. This time they definitely took uh they made a collective effort and by collective I mean the both of them it's a duo. Um took it time to sit down and Build, uh, build rises and falls into songs, and make it so they transition to e- into each other very well, and kind of build to this crescendo, which is the title track. Uh, this EP, if I didn't mention, is titled "On Your Knees." The title, tr- the there's a t- the title track is serves as the crescendo of this EP. It's the second to last song, and so as you build up, it kind of becomes dissonant and more frantic and uh, more aggressive as it gets to the track, which is a revenge story against an abuser. Oh, heck yeah! Yes, and so this. This EP phenomenal. A lot of dissonant guitars. Uh, the lyrics tell a story, but also serve as another texture, which is something a lot of uh, not always, unless they're like super political punk bands, don't really take a lot of time to look at their lyrics mm-hmm. often. It's yeah. kind of just a afterthought to tell some sort of story that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, it's kind of something you can scream over some exactly detuned guitars. Yeah, and so. This is one of those uh, bands that definitely took the time to think about what they were saying and what they wanted to say, and I felt like "On Your Knees" is the the, t- the track itself, not the not the entire EP. Um, they really work to score that that story. It's mm-hmm. less of a words to go with the music, but it's the music to support the words, which was really cool t- uh, to hear because it's not something yeah. that you always think about. Yeah, usually with a lot of punk releases. Um you kind of have like okay, let's let's slam out three chords and mm. then um, see if we can get like some cool riffs in there and like a, maybe like a breakdown or something and just kind of like it doesn't even when it is relatively formulaic like that yeah. still it works well. Um, like you can't really mess with like the tried and true like uh, punk formula. No, but 
the songwriting, like Joe was saying, kind of is an afterthought a lot of the time, unless you're like freaking parquet courts or something. Parquet courts or um, like a bad religion. Or even like a lot of hardcore bands, like yeah. post-hardcore bands, they're like screaming about really emotional, like close to home stuff. Like yeah. that is kind of more traditional. But then like you think back to like old school hardcore, which is like, I drank a 10-pack with my friends and then smashed my head into a TV because capitalism. And you're like, that's amazing, but also there's not a whole lot there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty one-dimensional. This uh, this release is the band's first release on a label. They drew the attention. It's not drew the attention of uh, Don't Panic Records and Distribution out of Chicago, which put, puts out a lot of, I would say, Midwestern and very yeah. regional uh, releases. I was listening to some of their uh, other... Uh, some the back their, catalog, some of their other stuff, and it, uh, one of the bands that really drew my attention was this, was called Nude Model. It's a oh, it's a no wa- a very no wave oh uh, yeah avant garde production. So I haven't been able to spend a lot of time with their music. Where are they based out of? Uh, I believe it's also Chicago. That sounds about right. Uh, Minneapolis doesn't strike me. Got a lot of good punk. Got a lot of good like underground. Like underground rock, yeah, not as much experimental music. No, from no, no, what no. I've seen. Um, Chicago kind of is like New York, but half. When yeah, it comes exactly. To really getting some weird stuff out mm. there, like some note wave and so avant-garde. I, I haven't spent a lot of time with the, uh, nude models releases or any of the other releases on uh, Don't Panic, but it seems like they put out a lot of DIY stuff. So yeah. that was the first record that I really loved out of um, 2019. Yeah, um, I'll kind of keep the thread going um, by cutting the thread, by talking about something completely different. Um, Transitions are hard sometimes. Um, The first uh, single that I think I even covered this year that was actually from this year, except for I think maybe like uh, the um, Brace Co. VP, like compilation EP, was um, a single from a singer-songwriter named Colin Bracewell. I think he's only like 19 or 20. He's fairly Mm -hmm. young. He's uh, based in Stillwater. And this is his first, uh, or this song, which is called Little Secret, is his debut single, like, ever. He, I didn't, he followed us, I think, a while ago, and then when, on the day, or maybe the day before, like, right before the song came out, he just tagged us in the post, and I was like, what, and then Instagram was like, hey, you got tagged in something, I'm like, come, come again, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I looked at it, I'm like, oh, this dude's, like, kind of passive-aggressively sending us his music. Cool. Um, we're still at that point where, like, if anyone sends us your music, we like we will check it out. I mean, we still will. Yeah, I think forever. But like, it's still kind of the novelty is not worn off. It's still like a really no. pleasant surprise. You're like, oh, this dude wants us to hear his song. We're getting recognition. Um, and if that's if you want to be covered, don't hesitate in sending us stuff. Just because yeah. messages on Facebook, Instagram, Bam. um, our email, email us. I think is on our social media. But it it's is. Not, it's ear coffee with three e's at gmail.com. and it's on the. It's on our blog as well. If you go to contact yeah. us, uh, that has um, all of our information. Yeah, so, or just passive-aggressively tag us in posts because uh, we'll, we'll find it. Anyways. Both of us work really hard to try and find everything, but it's two people. Yeah, sometimes you just say you're going to cover a single and then don't cover it till like six months later. Yep. I'm sorry, Milo. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so Colin released his first single, Little Secrets. It's a um, pretty like minimal, folky song. Very, It's just kind of straightforward acoustic singer-songwriter. Um, it's it kind of, I describe it as having some golden flecks of folk, which is um, I think a, a kind of a valuable approach to take for uh, a songwriter like Colin, where it's kind of like it's very it's very honest and it is not quite autobiographical, but it still you get a vibe that this might be coming from an experience or like coming just straight from his heart. 
Um, and instead of just doing like a solo acoustic cover, which obviously can be very effective, but can also, it's a risk. It can be really boring. You're just listening to a dude like sing about his problems, especially a white dude complaining, which is um, Colin steps away from that and he kind of dodges that bullet by um, kind of keeping like the narrative looseness, not making it autobiographical and um, throwing in, I think, some violins and a little bit more like instrumental flourishes that um, really give it an additional level of polish that um, separate it from, separate the wheat from the chaff, as the Bible says, um, mm. and just kind of give it a little bit more distinction. Um, he has a really strong voice. Like that was the, just on first listen, that was the first thing that stood out to me. He's just a very confident singer. Like, I don't know if he's going to go for like Lady Gaga and just like blow our minds like a firework or something, but yeah. he's still like, is a very confident, capable singer. Um, and his voice is he's stronger than his uh, guitar playing. Just because the guitar playing was very subdued. Uh, maybe he'll like rip a huge solo on the next single, which would be interesting. But um, he kind of has, even from single one, he has a wheelhouse that he's established for himself. And it sounds like he's going to be very able to work with work some uh, folk mm-hmm. acoustic magic within that realm. That's all I got to say. Oh. What what, uh, what what was your next release, Joe? Um, this next next release is the actually the very first album I've ever I ever listened to in 2019. It's Rock. Teenage Moods. Turn it up, tune them out. It's the EP that this band released. It's uh, I believe it's their first EP since 2016, if I remember correctly, but I'm not quite sure. This band turned also turned 10 years old as well with this. Uh, well, not with this release. They this was kind of their 10 year anniversary celebration um but uh turn it up tune them out is a very uh i described it as a a ray of sunshine on a cloudy day that is in the great way north of minnesota just because it's it feels very california it's Mm -hmm. got uh jangly 12 string guitars it feels like it's uh akin to 60s psych folk rock like if you're listening to the birds birds. or um like equivalency bands that are equivalent uh it's and it borderline on being very sugary and very sugary sweet without upsetting your stomach to be, make a really bad. It's not like you just took like fun dip to the nose or something. Exactly. Like you had like a chocolate cake and you're like, yum. Exactly. Uh, it's it's something that uh, they they mix the falsetto vocals and a, a arpeggiated uh, jangly guitars and they mix in some grit to make it um, less of a, we're just happy all the time to, oh, there is yeah, some. Back off the turtles. <laughs> We're just uh, we're there's going to be something here. Uh, my favorite song specifically is "Her Reality," which is um, halfway through. There's a definite tonal shift halfway through this EP, and I describe it on the review as my review on Ear Coffee as the smile found on this EP turns into a slight sneer, and the frontman sings a lot of it's the lyrics in a falsetto, and it turns it it drops almost an octave or two octaves down because it's a higher falsetto into just a chanted verse to, to tell this story of um, maybe a um, uh, it's a story of kind of women's reality being dictated by the men around them, whether that's their boss, their significant other mm-hmm. uh, family, yeah. stuff like that. It was a really good EP. I remember sitting, waking up on the 1st of January going, well, it's the new year. I better start uh, finding music because your coffee needs to be revived for 28, 2019. Probably should be. <laughs> and so uh, this was the first thing that popped up on Bandcamp, and it was a really great introduction into the year. I described uh, Turn Up, Tune Them Out as the perfect pick-yourself-up-and-brush-the-dust-off record just because it's 
a mixture of just very happy, fun, and light. You can listen to it early in the morning yeah. if you're getting ready for work or on your way to work, and you can feel fun, but it's not like everything's great. And if you're not having an everything's great kind of day, it also can fit into that just because of yeah. the the teeth that are found in some of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. I think this is one of the – like a lot of the bands that we cover and a lot of the artists and songs – uh, are really flat under the radar, which is part of why we enjoy covering them so much. But like, they don't even get coverage from other local blogs or like you just at least that not that I'm seeing. Like, yeah, some bands are an exception. Like, um, a I band we're gonna talk about later, the Shrinking Violets, actually got a brief write up on Reviler, yeah. which is another kind of. I think the Reviler music, uh, site, yeah, did did a, a thing on this EP as well. Yeah, Reviler, I think, did something on this. Um, I think I believe. One of their songs was the current song of the day. Yeah. And they even they were on like a band camp, like weekly roundup, yes. which is a much bigger audience than even like the current exactly. or Reviler. Because Reviler, I only found out about by actively searching for Minnesota like based music blogs, like, sites. Yeah. And um, they never got back to me when I asked if I could write for them. Um, so <laughs> shout out to them. I, we like cats too, buddies. I, what was it? I tried, to, I tried to write for music in Minnesota. And it took them seven months to get back to me, and Ooh. I finally just kind of—I didn't respond, but I kind of wanted to just send them a photo of a middle finger. Yeah, like that. In general, just don't take seven months to respond to things. You can t- you can turn me down. I was being turned down by job applications left and right. I wouldn't have been upset about that. It was just one of those yeah. like I get everybody on your site is unpaid, but hot dang, dude. Yeah, really. Um, to keep the yeah, we're gonna move on to our next discussion. The last before our break um and that is the latest single from the clean tramps they have kind of been an ear coffee favorite i've covered i think almost all of their music except for maybe their like first single which came out at the beginning of 2018 um because they've released a lot of they've kind of ramped up their production schedule lately like they've released like two songs Mm -hmm. or two or three songs last like two months whereas it was like three songs over the first like three quarters of 2018 their new song is called warm bodies um and it's kind of a mess in the best way. Mm. Like it feels like there's like five different songs going on, and each like w- song it's a brief moment to shine. Um, and what makes that kind of interesting is that usually the Clean Tramps previously have operated pretty strictly within their self uh, self approximated wheelhouse of pretty much just doing Arctic Monkey songs from 2006 and maybe a little bit like The Strokes. Yeah. We actually had an interesting discussion. Um, the front man, or I think is the front man who operates their Instagram account, messaged me at like 3 a.m. asking why I thought his latest song sounded like The Strokes, which is, I don't, I can't think of the name of the song off the top of my head, um, but it was the song they released before Warm Bodies. He just messaged me at 3 a.m. like, hey, why do you think this sounds like The Strokes? I'm like, um... I'm going to listen to the song again and see if I was completely out of my mind or not. And he's like, oh, we're actually trying to like emulate the Archer Monkeys. I'm like, oh, yeah, I hear that. <laughs> and it was like cool discussion at like three in the morning, dude. <laughs> I just love how that because I, I woke up the neck. I woke up for work like three hours later mm-hmm. and or two hours later. And I just saw the the end of that was just great talk, bro. <laughs> and I was like, you know, respect. Hey, it, it was it was a good time. Um, But like this new song is weird it's really weird and like it's not like experimental so much to say it's not like gonna be like be weird to they were trying to listeners but they did a lot of different things like a little bit like a synth pop stuff Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of kicks off like they almost tease us tease a listener with the beginning of the track sounding pretty standard for the band Mm -hmm. um and then they like 
go into a little breakdown where the front man, I, I really, bands need to post like the names of their members because I can't just be like the front man forever. And I also don't want to be like, hey, dude, what's your name? <laughs> um, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I do think I know his name. Um, he just kind of really embodies Alex Turner. And that was on my brain because of our discussion, but also it really is like that kind of Marty Bum, like 2000, like favorite worst nightmare level where he's just spitting lyrics, like not rapping, but just there's a lot to say. Um, and then there's a synth part that sounds like Owl City, which is, it sounds like they did Fireflies. It just kind of comes in, and you're like, oh, this is weird. And that goes away, and then there's another, like, really heavy chorus, and there's, like, a guitar solo um, that sounds like a sunset. Like, it sounds like the um, beach casino level from Mario Sunshine a little bit. Like, my, I was getting so many weird, conflicting vibes from this song, and somehow it works. That, like, it doesn't fully tear itself apart it's like it's like the mongolian torture where they have four horses and each limb is like tied to a horse and they just like run and draw in quarter draw in quarter yeah it doesn't like quite feel like that but it feels like they kind of like get to the point where like it tingles and you're kind of like ah stop it but like they don't like rip your limbs off no that was a probably a I like the song. That metaphor probably made it sound like I don't like the song, but I do like the song. It's a lot of <laughs> ideas being crammed together in the best possible outcome, with the best yeah. possible outcome, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like, uh, I know a lot of criticism around the recent, like, I, Yives, Ives Tumor album was talking mm. about, like, how it's a weird mixture of, like, 90s alt-rock and, like, completely experimental music, and, like, there's just, and then there's, like, an R&B song on there. It's just, like, music that is able to work within so many different genres across an album or even within a song, which I would argue is more difficult it's kind of just a testament to the minds behind the songs yeah. and like their willingness to kind of go out on a limb and just to try different ideas. And more than anything, this uh, song warm bodies gives me, that gets me excited for a hopefully forthcoming full length EP something. They've released enough songs to be an EP. And if they just repackage all those songs as an EP, I'm going to be pissed. Um, so just release a new, release an album or something guys, but it really gets me excited to see, the variety of ideas they are capable of and that hopefully they'll ex- like try out on a longer, more like full length um, kind of a coliseum almost like they're just kind of in the middle freaking out and fighting. But then there's like a bunch of different types of armor. I'm going to stop talking. These metaphors are getting bad. <laughs> um, I think that means it's time for a break. Anyway. Well, welcome back to the worst radio show you've ever heard. No, um, no, I wouldn't say that. Well, what's the worst one? Uh, I know Nerd FM was on here for a little bit. But that had Carter screaming a lot. That's true. And also Logan. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, if you, I'm sorry for that brief aside. That was pointless. Um, we're going to jump, jump, jump. Oh, there's still chip in my throat. Continue our discussion <laughs> on our favorite local releases of from January. I was going to get there. Back off. <laughs> You you kick us off with um, your third pick of the month. Yes. Um, so my third pick is the. It's not an official release, so it's. I don't know how uh, to categorize it, but I covered this on Friday. Harper's Jar uh, released a live video for a fourth or a single from a forthcoming full length. Uh, their full their first full length after releasing two EPs over the last three years. Um, the song is titled "Dandy Golden Blue." Um, it was the blue li- golden dandy, blue golden dandy. Wow, I wrote it wrong on my in my notebook, but I wrote it right there. Uh, hey, we sponsor literacy here um, at Ear Coffee, so um, 
bit hypocritical, but it's for the best. It's okay. I work in in rural Minnesota. They don't need literacy. Uh, uh, but anyways, the, the track is called Blue Golden Dandy. Um, and is everything that Harper's Jar is. Their last release was from 2017. It's yeah. called Ode to a Luna, Mo- Luna was, Moth. Luna Moth. That was a good one. It was a very good one. It was a three-track EP. They're... Uh, to describe Harper's Jar, it's just a mix of moody punk attitudes with a healthy respect for the pop hook. So you can, you got all of the angst that comes with it, plus the the catchiness and the shout along choruses that a lot of people associate with kind of alt rock and that um, that mm-hmm. type of music. Dandy Golden Blue is kind of a a special. Blue Golden Dandy. Blue Golden Dandy. I keep looking at my notebook instead of the <laughs> Blue Golden Dandy. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's kind of different from what I heard on Ode to a Luna, Luna Moth, just because it featured breakdowns in the in the choruses that I didn't expect. It was weird. weird. It was like a, a loud, quiet, loud kind of thing. Post-rock? <laughs> it would it'd go from like kind of just guitar, uh, jangly guitars doing some sort of like squealy dissonant uh, chords, and then it would go back into just distorted bass mixed with drums doing just the downbeats, just stuff like that. It was great. Take I re- a shot every time we say jangly. Jangly. That's, um, that's four. That's that, not that much. No, it's not. <laughs> um, and so it's. I'm excited for the their full length because uh, I think Ode to a Luna Moth had some really great tracks. The first and third specifically, um, their first EP, which is, I can't remember the title off the top of my head, had one or two really great tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this one, again, this isn't an official release. It was a live video that was shot at their most recent show at the 7th Street Entry. Yeah, that's an interesting approach to kind of debuting of like a or debuting the idea of a new record. Mm. Um bands have been doing that lately. Oh, they release like an edited version of a single or something yeah. or like a live mix or something to kind of get people hyped for the new album instead of just releasing the regular single. Mm-hmm. Where where like whether they've just not recorded it yet or they're trying something different, yeah. that's up to them. It's interesting because usually it's like the the band releases a couple albums, and unless your last import, then you release the live album. But they just were like, "What if we just released a poorly mixed live album to get hype for nothing?" <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they even release it in advance of their full length record, their which debut. Came full-length. out yesterday. No, no, Friday. Which is coming out this Friday. This Friday, the single came out recently. The yes. sis- the single was dropped on Bandcamp yesterday, but it hasn't been like announced on any of their stuff tonight on the local show. I just saw on Facebook the local show on the current uh, from six to eight p.m. They'll be debuting. They'll be officially debuting the single. Oh, so okay. you can find it, but it's not been promoted yet uh yeah i wonder because i didn't i saw like their announced hype for the album announcement Mm -hmm. but they hadn't mentioned the single and you mentioned that there's a single because i got an email i was like i got an email last night randomly at like 8 p.m and i was like huh this is new wait they just sent you the single uh no 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 no, like bank from bank Bank when you follow an artist it'll email you and new stuff gets dropped dang it i was like they're emailing you stuff oh my god i wish so dude they're debuting stuff on the current and emailing us stuff such disparity Uh, oh that was a choice i was like a muppet uh we talk about it later okay (laughs) um anyways so yeah that's it um the it was released the video was released through harper jar harper's jar yeah back to them yeah the single was released through swa media productions which is this dude who covers a lot of the underground um a lot of the underground uh, bands, like house, par- like the house venue, that's specifically surrounding like the paper house and the artists mm-hmm. who play at the paper house. Um, we covered a couple of their um, 
they did this series called Ask a Punk, which would was kind of these decline of the Western decline of Western civilization style interviews put together in a five or six part mini documentary that mm-hmm. was released on YouTube. So you can find it on the SWA uh, YouTube page and it's on there. It's on Harper's Jars Facebook page and they promoted the single. So it's constantly, if you've searched them once, it's going to pop up in your Facebook feed for the next like eight days. So yeah, hopefully we'll hear more new stuff maybe yeah. properly recorded this time mm-hmm. uh, in the future. And I'm hoping to get them on the podcast at some point because they'd yeah. be really cool to talk to. A you lot not- of the bands or artists we've mentioned here would be ideal yes. podcast uh, listeners and hosts or um, interview subjects, I should yes. say. Cause, yeah, hit cause, us up, yo. Otherwise, we'll hit you up first. Because not only, not only is Harper's Jar, not only do they... Um, release some really great music they are a uh, key they they run i i believe it's them who run it specifically or live there primarily um run a, a venue that is very great in curating a very uh, the underground music scene that's going on in minneapolis and st paul hmm. what's the name of the venue paper house oh it is the paper house yeah okay i was like huh what's that gonna oh is this the paper house no oh it is i'm just stupid anyways um it, i'm going to distract from my stupidity by talking more about songs um today I released an article of a song that came out a couple days ago. It was um, the debut single from the Minneapolis kind of garage pop, power punk, thrown around genre tag words left and right band, uh, The Shrinking Violets. And the song is called Holding You Back. It's not available anywhere to stream or like to listen other than they have a really interesting YouTube video. Which I thought was an interesting choice. Yeah. Like I, a couple bands have done that, but usually they they at least like have it on Bandcamp. Like yeah. that Milo... It's not on Spotify or anything. His latest single isn't there, or their latest single isn't on uh, Spotify or anything. It's just on Bandcamp. But then they released the video like a month afterwards, and that mm. makes a little bit more sense. Like get it on streaming services. Like that's just it's not a lot, but it's still like more attention, more money. Mm-hmm. But instead, the band just decided to do their video alone, and it is um, a mixture of uh, some like green screen psychedelia of like the band members like playing the song and overlaying yeah. with each other, and then the band and their friends bowling. Which and the the, the friend, bassist from Gully Boys? All three it? of them are in. Uh, are they? No, the the because I definitely the, saw Nat. The the bassist and the front person, front yeah. woman is in it as well. Oh, She's, okay. She like randomly gets cut to, and I think Jeremy Warden from Double Grave is randomly in it. Yeah, Reviler mentioned that I think um, in their little write up, which I saw when I went to the band's Facebook page, and I was a little offended that they got to it first, especially since the band did send us their single, mm-hmm. which we are extremely. I'm a, I'm grateful for. I know Joe's grateful for. Yeah. Um, but I've also been in literally a different state up until yesterday, so I wasn't able to get the coverage out on Thursday. So. Back off, Reviler. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the song is, um, it's a really good song. It's kind of definitive of like a lot of Minneapolis bands. We hear it's like a mixture of emo, punk, like some garage rock. And like a lot of these bands have that pop kind of ear that yeah. you don't necessarily expect from heavier or just like louder music. Mm-hmm. Like especially recently when there's just such like a seems to be such a drawn line between what is like underground what is rock and when whatever is mainstream rock which is literally just like pat and get the disco which is just theater music and then um imagine dragons the worst band of all time it's true they are really bad and thank god the shrinking violets don't sound anything like imagine dragons not that i would have expected that um they do they don't necessarily do uh, something is similar to the Clean Tramps, but they do have a, a lot of different sounds going on. Like the instrumentation is kind of, um, 
it's, it's, it reminds me a little bit of like the cars. Um, yeah. And I know the reviler write up mentioned a little bit of Jay Retard and the Buzzcocks. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the Buzzcocks, but I do hear a little bit of the Jay Retard. I do the Jay Retard. Just like the guitar parts, mm. kind of like the really the, the melody. Like that is something that Jay Retard excelled at. That is something that um, Joe Christo, the frontman mm. of the Shrinking Violets, excels at. Like, and his vocals are really whiny. They're really nasally. Which um, gave me White Reaper vibes. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, you mentioned that it sounds like um, World's Best American Band era White Reaper. And then yeah. one, one more uh, artist kind of came to mind, which was the power pop greats Super Chunk. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of the frontman's voice from Super Chunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's – their influences are just drawing from so many different areas and like it just kind of comes together really cohesively as – I wouldn't say their own sound because it's not like – a fully unique or distinct original sound, but also there's no real such thing as an original sound. It's like if it sound is if a sound is original, chances are it's just a new mixture of other sounds. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, especially when the songs that are being made within this realm are as good as uh holding you back. Like it's got like I said, like the emo vocals, really like pleading kinda I say whiny, but that's just kinda like because of how high pitched and nasally it is. Whiny's kind of I wouldn't say it's the best turn because the lyrics and like the tone of his performance, of Joe's performance, aren't whiny. Um, but it's just kind of like that very head voice, Tom DeLong kind of sound. It isn't as Tom DeLong as um, whatever that other band I, I wrote about like a week ago in Local Music Roundup, who sounded like a Tom DeLong clone. Um, I think it was like Inconsistent, sounded like, mm-hmm. like Tom, um, Tom DeLong. But that's just like anytime a, an emo vocalist or a punk vocalist sounds kind of like has that nasally tone, they remind me of. Like the kind of like the sniveling, snarling yeah. punk rock voices of like Tom DeLonge and Billy Joe Armstrong um, from Green Day, but it's a surprisingly good for a debut single. Usually, like you kind of expect a band to grow into their sound. Yeah, um, and they just kicked it off with a bang. It's real. It's a really cohesive song, and um, I mentioned this in my write up, which came out today, a couple hours ago. You should go read it. Um, we need to get like the, if they keep up. A somewhat consistent release schedule, and especially if they release like an EP or a full length this year, mm-hmm. I don't see why they wouldn't be able to um, make get a, get onto like the First Avenue Best New Bands of 2019. I would agree. I would I would sign that petition so quickly, especially since we went to the Best Bands of 2018 show a couple weeks ago, two weeks yeah, ago now, three weeks ago or something. Yeah, yeah. And we and saw five out of six bands because Yamhouse is trash and we skipped them. Yes. Um, um, yeah. We interestingly, Yamhouse is the only band. That played there that is played on the remnant. Yes, but but it's the one we skipped. <laughs> yes, they're trash. I heckled them the entire time. Uh, no, actually, no, not there. Uh, I heckled them at a coffee house once. Yeah, you did because like we you didn't you, we, like, we, we, you heckled them on the drive back like conceptually. Uh, I'm like, yeah, we didn't stay for them because we we're like, no. It's like it's, it's already like almost midnight. We're tired. Let's go home. We even had school. But um, some of the uh, stool seats. <laughs> exactly, and so some of the opening bands on that show, I'm like, they didn't. They have been a band for much longer than the Shrinking Violets have been, and their even their later, like, most recent stuff does not stand up to this debut. Yeah, and it seems like they have um, a lot of the, like, local support, given, mm-hmm. like we mentioned, uh, a couple members of Gully Boys, um, maybe Jeremy from Double Grave, yeah. uh, appear in the music videos, like, they have connections there. Um, uh, almost immediately after I tweeted a link to our article, Nice, who is another... Really great kind of heavy mm. like, punk rock band who released a new song that I'm going to be covering for tomorrow. Um, they responded just like saying, "Hey, this is shout out like this is such a good band." Mm. And I don't know if that means like a previous connection or if they just really have like their finger on the pulse of like the local like sound and local scene mm-hmm. like, up and comers. But it sounds like they have a lot of 
support going forward. And like I said, with songs as good as these, if they keep it up, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to like really have a standout breakout year. Yeah, there was one thing uh, in your write up that I have a slight contention with. Oh, and that was why I, that thing I texted you randomly. You named them the what would you would you name them? Did I actually say that? You did. It was like one of the last lines in your write up was they are the face of punk music in Minneapolis. Well, I think like just because like how they embody the overall. Uh, no, they the band establishes itself at the forefront of the Twin Putties mm. Twin Sweet. If you want to listen to me have a stroke, tune in every week. Um, the, they establish themselves at the forefront of the Twin Cities punk scene. I would disagree with your assertion there. At being at the forefront just means like they really came out of the gate with mm-hmm. um, uh, a song and a sound that's emblematic of a lot of what's going on with other bands, mm-hmm. larger and smaller, in the scene. And they just kind of like, and then, then the quality of the song and the songwriting mm. sets it apart a little bit from that. I wouldn't say like they're the face because that would be definitely something worth contention, given that it's literally their first song. Yeah. Um, and I hope that no one else misinterprets it that way because I just feel like they, kind of like we were just discussing, like if mm. they keep it up, they can really establish themselves and like get to like a First yes. Avenue level venue and like start playing mm. shows like that, because. Of how well they represent, mm. I think, a lot of like the scene in general. I think the 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 forefront. I think it would take a second single to, or a second single, or a a follow up release of some sort of some s- substance. And I don't mean like their first single wasn't of substance. I mean like a, an EP or something mm-hmm. to really uh, to really cement that point. Just because one single, you can have one good single and yeah. not fall and follow it up with like a it'd be a flash in the pan. Uh, and I I. I I agree with that. You're you're absolutely mm. correct. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen. And if it does, oh, happen, I don't. I don't hope it happen. I, I hope I it doesn't happen either. Yeah, I, I like, want them I to. I want to say I don't expect them to. But again, yeah. this is we have no evidence of this first song. Um, that's not really indicative of anything other than the quality of the song yes. itself. Um, and if if their next single or their if their first full length, regardless of whether it includes holding you back, mm. is a little bit of a disappointment, then I will be doubly disappointed because I do just based off this one song have a lot of hope. Me too for them and um and I'm, and I'm not saying that as a as a hater of the band. I really loved this sound as someone who loves everything garagey and power pop. I also don't think they're punk in the best way possible. Like I wouldn't consider elaborate. I see. Like I wouldn't consider later uh later like as someone who loves white reaper i wouldn't consider world's best american band white reaper punk i would consider it a garage rock or a power pop like it's in the it's it's a cousin yeah and that's why i don't that's why i think it sh- it shouldn't con- be considered a forefront of punk music in uh twin cities because i think what we consider what calls itself punk here in the twin cities is much heavier and much more hardcore based um, I tend to use punk, I, th- I probably throw it around a bit more loosely than you do just in general. Yeah. Like I, um, like punk is like you kind of said, if indeed like and this I, sound is more of a cousin and like, and like, I, and like, I wouldn't consider teenage, like I called teenage moods punk and I wouldn't consider them as much of a punk band either. They're yeah. a, a punk akin. Yeah, exactly. Like you, that is true. But I like kind of throw punk around as like if mm. it has like garage rock emo, yeah, a lot of, like really kind of like intense guitar based sounds. Like, yes, I wouldn't call like the Clean Tramps are much less punk. Yes. than um even uh, the Shrinking Violets, uh, which are significantly less punk than like Nice or Harper's Jar mm. or even like Gully Boys. Yeah, um, those guys have a lot more like oh especially Scrunchies. Scrunchies they are definitely heart totally punk mm. through and through. Um, 
I, I just kind of use it as like a not as a buzzword. That sounds like a negative connotation. It's it's an easy descriptor. It's an easy descriptor. Yeah. When you say punk, everybody knows what you mean. Mm-hmm. And then I guess kind of my unwitting formula is I describe it as punk to kind of get people like in the right ballpark yes. mentally, and then like use the rest of my words, the rest of my um, write up to kind of cohesify, co- what the heck, codify and narrow down what I think they sound like and why I think that's good. And then, of course, you could just listen to the bloody song. Like, yes. that'll, that'll give you your opinion. If you don't yes. think it's punk, fight me. Um, you'll probably win. And <laughs> you also are very entitled to your own opinion. Yes. As an individual on this planet. Uh, you want to talk about the next song, so I stop, like, having strokes. But we've been discussing our favorite uh, releases of January, and we're hoping to make this a regular thing just because we kind of talk about, at the end of every year so far – all two times uh we talk about our favorite releases that came out but there's no way you can fit all of them into yeah, one two years ago it was the only local release we really talked about was calvin heights calvin heights yeah did we talk about um no we didn't talk about i thought maybe remo drive made it in there oh yes we did yeah i forgot i forgot about them completely because they have been quiet for a hot minute they, yeah they, they're recording a thing maybe yeah they 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 fired their drummer signed to epitaph released pop music the pop yeah. music EP, and uh, now have been quiet. Actually, they've been touring a ton. Well, they've been they've been touring a ton since like they really they they've not taken like a break from no. touring since they released greatest hits. I know the is it the guitarist Eric? Yeah, has been a producer. He produces a lot. Uh, produces a lot of really great Minneapolis bands, specifically um, Comp, which was Heart to Gold's full length. Right, last he did year. produce that. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know what else he's produced recently. I know he produced the Inconsistent EP I wrote about a week yeah. or so ago. And that came out, like, at the same time as, like, I think within, like, two weeks of Greatest Hits. Mm-hmm. And he's done, like, some producing before that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what else he's done since Heart to Gold. But um, I'll see, I always see his name pop up somewhere. So. Yeah, on, like, Minneapolis, like, emo, punk Release, kind of releases. Yeah. yeah. But um, to... Yeah, do you want to talk about your last? I have two, technically. You have two? Oh. I don't have a ton to say on both of them, but okay, in the me. best way possible. So I want to talk about the Little Lizard release that came oh, out. yeah, we were going to talk about that. This morning. <laughs> I woke up uh, after my sister turned 21 today, so we were having a little celebration for her uh, last night and this morning, at midnight into the morning. And so I started, and so I woke up this morning at like 8 o'clock, and I saw Little Lizard had posted something. And Wes and I have an interesting relationship with Little Lizard in the sense that we went to go see um, our friend Brett Carey, who uh, used to play for Calvin Heights and is now under the name The Foreign Tree and is actually looking to get back into performing live under that moniker. Heck yeah. But he, uh, they opened for... Yeah, we were, we were there to see them at the Kitty Cat Club. Yes, and so they essentially, the Little Lizard essentially opened, and it's a duo. I believe they're they're in a romantic, they're like romantic partners. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's... Trombone and synth. Tr- trombone, synth, and bass. Uh, and yeah. it's a very interesting combination that really didn't, I don't think, landed well live. It, well, Maybe not. We the, weren't necessarily engaged. I no, won't mention that. We were, we were out on the porch. We were sitting on the porch. Out. I was drinking coffee because yeah. I think that's funny to drink coffee at bars. It, that is pretty funny. That's, that should be the basis of your new stand-up career. Yes. Um, so we weren't necessarily giving them our full attention. But also, it was super loud. And we didn't want to be standing inside getting blasted in the face by a trombone. Yes. Before we were about to get our ears blasted by some, like, shoegazy, like, 
experimental rock. <laughs> exactly. And so they released their full length, their second full length since 2014, yeah. 2015. It's, it's not even a long full length. I no, like it's it given like a nine average... tracks, 22 minutes, I believe. Yeah. You told me to listen to like two, to, like Joe texted me this morning saying, hey, let's talk about like the Little Lizard album on the show. Just listen to like two or three songs. You get kind of get an, an idea of like the overall like mm-hmm. aesthetic of the album. And he's right. It only takes about two to three songs to really kind of know what you're getting into. But it's so short and inconsequential. I just kind of forgot that it was even playing. I'm like, oh, listen to the whole thing. It's an instrumental Oopsie. album. It's um, there's like th- there isn't a lot of trombone on it. It's like the trombone makes like songs. three appearances or something. And there's a song that like samples like zoo animals. Yes, that was weird. That caught me off guard. I'm like, are they sampling zoo animals? What the heck? My favorite is uh, the first track. Greetings is just literally a greeting to the listener. It's just the um, the bassist slash sample the person who runs samples. Uh, sh- it's just her voice uh, yeah. saying hello in various languages uh, for. Two minutes and 15 seconds to be very specific. So the album is titled Premium Vanilla. It came out today. You can get it on cassette. I don't know if it's through a um, label through a label, or if it's uh, self-released. I feel like it's self-released. I think it's self-released as well. But I can't, again, I can't be for sure. Um, and it's it's something. I really actually enjoyed it. It's quite a fun album to listen to. Yeah. With, when you're, I, it's not something you'd sit down and put your headphones on and like dig Deep in listen, yeah. and dig into. But it's it's something that when I was sitting in at my desk in my room, scratching my kitty and work, getting ready for the show today, it was fun to put on. It's a very quirky foray into funk, electro funk, dub music. Yeah, it's kind of like a, almost like a, like a twee aesthetic where like it's... Like, it's just very um, loose and very um, whimsical and kind of like there's no consequence to it. Like I, mm. I said that before, um, where it's just like they're making music for the sake of making music. They're not trying to like say anything. They're not trying to like tell their like tell a story or anything. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of like, hey, we we like make, like making music together. We know how to make it with these sounds these, and these, made these songs with those sounds and do some freaking trombone, man. And it's just – Interesting. It's an interesting release. Yeah. I think um, you liked it more than I did. Yeah. And, and I think it was two tracks too long. By the seventh track, I was like, I rolled <laughs> 22 minutes too long. Exactly. Which is weird to say. Like, by the seventh track, I kind of rolled my eyes and was like, you know, we could have ended it. Or by the time we hit no, track eight, I was like, we could have ended it yeah, at track it seven. It, I feel like with such a just kind of strict, like consistent sound mm-hmm. across the board, like they, it would have been better served as an EP. Yeah. Uh, maybe doing like six of the best songs and mm-hmm. then have like. If you really want to get frisky with it, release like a deluxe edition. Yeah. <laughs> well, besides. Uh, so uh, the the pair flew down to, and by flew down, I mean flip, flew over to Brooklyn to record this at uh, Slant oh. Sound. Um, and it was mixed and mastered there and then brought back. And so, huh. which is interesting because I think yeah. I texted you, I, I texted you, I this record sounds like a re- a dorm room recording project in the best way possible because a yeah. lot of the samples feel very kind like homemade. homemade or like lo-fi in the sense mm-hmm. of a like an early drum machine before like the 808 like the precursor yeah. of just like very uh, electronic drums yeah, lots of bleeps and boops <laughs> exactly there's it's it's just electronic mixed with some some synth bass and some r- real bass and some oh, horns oh. so <laughs> it's I would give it a listen it's it's not a commitment you're going to have to make. It's it's yeah, literally it's, just... There's very little reason not to, if only because it's like, yeah, it's so easy to listen to and it's fairly easy to digest. And it's one of the few, like, instrumental albums that isn't something extremely, like, avant, like, that I yeah. can listen to in the 
without having to think about a ton and i really enjoyed that fact so you mm-hmm. could you could put it on while you were doing homework or reading or something yeah so and then to and that, so that's little lizards premium vanilla out today you can find it on bandcamp it's and only spotify. and spotify and probably probably apple music and who knows title they exist still. Does Jay-Z exist? <laughs> Does Jay-Z exist? And then to bring it home, my last release I want to talk about is this band called Blood Banks. That uh, comes out of Minneapolis. The album is titled Dear Tomorrow, and it came out two weeks ago. No, a week ago. January 18th, a week ago. And it is, I described it to Wes because I was going to do a write-up on it for Tuesday for my column in pursuit of something interesting. Um, it is the sound of white t-shirts with the sleeves rolled up and denim jackets in the best way possible it's a cow it's like uh the way to describe it i would describe it as cow punk even though i hate using i really am starting to hate using punk as a descriptor but it's got that country kind of alt country twang Mm -hmm. with the the attitude that comes from alternative music and punk music and they mix it together uh the last three songs one more too far gone and x's on the bottle which probably one of the most country sounding uh song titles ever x's on the bottle um give me very much the social distortion like social distortion vibes from their um late 90s early 2000s folky releases that they did when they kind of were like we're no longer we we don't have to be a hardcore band anymore because people respect us for who we are but it 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 feels a lot like 90s kind of alt rock mixed with some country and some singer songwritery kind of inflection. So I just check it out. It's Blood Banks. Yeah. The, again, the album title is Dear Tomorrow. It was released on the 18th. This brings us home then to, us home. to wrap up our first broadcast of Ear Coffee Live. Yeah. Uh, We're done. I'll be cutting together portions of this show to put up on our podcast. You can find that on iTunes, Spotify, um, Stitcher. Casts, I think. No, they're still not on Pocket Casts. Um, yeah, Stitcher, Podbean. Uh, Google Play. Google Posh, Play. Yes, but everybody um, has Spotify. Just search it there. Yeah. So you'll be able to hear some of our conversations from that, primarily the album dissection, not dissections, uh, discussion we have so check it out we'll be back next sunday from 2 30 no from 12 30 to 2 to hear more um, things that are going on with local music yeah. also don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram just search ear coffee on any of those mm. social media delights Look. and you will find us we post pretty consistently we're yeah we've been on a good kick lately of yes. staying pretty consistent uh we hope to keep that up so, so follow us stay stay thirsty my friends dosakis don't <laughs> dosakis uh <laughs> Ear coffee. Forever. Okay, Fantano.